Travels with John Smith, Chapter 34, Summer 2015, The Long Way Home, Part 2, Madrid and London. We are in a park in Madrid, sitting in the shade while colorful small parrots are flying around us. We suppose the locals might come here when they are not working. There's a lake in the middle where many go boating or strolling along tree-lined paths, and the many cafes facing the lake are filled with people sipping coffees and eating snacks or seafood. We walk to this park from our hotel as a break from sightseeing and the heat, which has been close to 40 degrees Celsius every day we have been here. We arrived in Madrid three nights ago. We're staying in a cool little hotel across from a mall that used to be a large railway station that is still a major connecting point of the subway. On our first day, we took a double-decker tourist bus, which gave us our bearings, and then we began to stop at specific places. The buildings and type of history in this beautiful city remind me a little of Paris. It has a very classic, chic, European feel to it, but its character is fiery and diverse, like its people. We decide that even though it is something associated with Spanish culture, we don't really want to see a bullfight. But we checked out the arena where the fights take place. It is a beautiful red brick round building accentuated by blue and white tiles around the windows and doorways. We sample different aspects of life in Madrid and try to live like the Spanish, eating late and going to bed even later. Staying up late is a challenge. We find a club that has live music and are waiting for a funk band to start. So we have already had three Diet Cokes each. They finally come on stage about 1 a.m., and despite being very good, we can't keep our eyes open. While everyone else is dancing, we are drooping in the, in the corner, so we leave after the first set to go back to the hotel to bed. We eat delicious ham, cheeses, roasted chickens, and tapas of every nature. We go to high-end boutiques and funky weekend markets that are as cool as Portobello Market in London. We are eating in one of the many cafes that line the Plaza Mayor. It would be enough just to have a drink and look at the gorgeous frescoes on the buildings or walk around some of the oldest shops in Madrid that sit under the archways and columns around the square. But as we are sitting there, the middle of the square is filling with chairs and then people. Then a high-quality classical orchestra gives us a free concert. There are many street performers everywhere we go, including one guy whose head is sticking out of a box that is about two meters off the floor, with two other realistic-looking heads also sticking out of the box beside his. There is clown makeup on all three, and they look like three heads mounted on the box, but as people walk past him, the real head yells and scares the beep out of the person passing. Even though we know he is going to do it, we jump too. 
I contact a banjo company online, asking for directions to the shop and if they have any ukulele banjos. A guy named Cesar answers, saying he will bring some of some to the hotel. He brings a choice of beautifully made banjo ukuleles to the hotel, and I choose one. We have lunch with him in a cafe downstairs and start talking about music, as Cesar is a musician too. We ask him if there are any good gigs in town. He tells us about Xavier Rude, an Australian world music singer-songwriter who's playing with his band, the United Nations. The gig starts at a reasonable 7 p.m., and John and I love him and his band, and we have the energy to dance up a storm. Our new friend, Cesar, meets us at the gig. We hang out, and he gives us a lift back to the hotel. There is smooth jazz playing, people lounging about at the tables, and beds in bright, scorching sun spread out across the terrace. There's a bar with many tables where the majority of the people are sitting in the shade. Above them, small mists of cold water are sprayed every minute or so, keeping the area cooler than it would normally be in this 40-degree weather. We are on the top floor of a building called the Circulo de Belles Artes. The sprinklers are a feature we have often seen here in Madrid, and one we are grateful for. You would think sitting under a thin spray of water would make your clothes and hair damp, but the water seems to evaporate before it gets that far down. The view is spectacular and completely unblocked on three sides of the roof, and we can see almost all the sights we have seen up close over the last week from this viewpoint. We left the Circulo de Belles Artes about an hour ago, and after getting lost a couple of times and feeling hot and sweaty, we are finally standing in the entrance of the Corral de la Morreria. It is meant to be one of the best places to see flamenco dancers in Madrid. We're not sure we'll get in, as they tell us they are full, and that most people reserve a table to come here. They tell us we are on we are first on a standby list, so to wait off to the side. The place is packed with people coming in the door every few mi- few minutes, and we are beginning to lose hope. The pictures covering the walls in the entrance confirm that this place is frequented by people like Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker, Samuel Jackson, and many other famous people posing with the owner and some of the dancers. There are many people who, like us, turned up thinking it would be easy to get in, being turned away. We are crossing our fingers for a cancellation. The show is starting, and we are about to give up when someone comes to get us and takes us to a kind of half-table in the bar area that was just vacated by a couple who got moved into the restaurant part of the place. It's a tiny table, barely big enough for one, and the view is a little obscured, but we're in. It's a great show, and we get to see the dancers up close as they wait right beside us each time they join the others on stage. The musicianship is amazing, and the dancers are athletic and dramatic. 
in their heavy traditional Spanish costumes. The female dancer is a little older than the guys are and has to lift her skirts to click her heels on the stage and spin around. The skirt itself looks like it might weigh the same as a grizzly bear skin and be as hot to wear, too. When we get the bill, we are a little relieved that we didn't get into the actual restaurant and that we only had two Coke Zeros, as the bill is about $200 Canadian. John says the Cokes were expensive, but the flamenco was free. London feels like home. As soon as my feet touch British soil, I feel a kind of settling of my spirit. It comes from being in a place you know well, like meeting an old friend who might have made some minor changes, but is and will always be the same person, someone you understand and know how to respond to. A good friend has allowed us to stay in her apartment in her absence, so we take a black cab from the airport and my heart flutters as we drive through the red brick houses in Earl's Court and Kensington and Chelsea as snapshots of memories fly past. My son Bogart arrives a few minutes after we do and is his charming, handsome self, full of funny stories about life, the band he's in and surviving in London. Bogart has organized a wedding gig for us to play together, which is why I had to have a ukulele, so we run through some songs for the gig. I worked on the songs before leaving China, but we won't have a lot of time to practice them before Sunday. It is Sunday, the day before we leave, and we are in Holland Park. We, there are bright blue and turquoise peacocks lounging about. The sun is shining after a forecast of rain, and we are munching on various delicious picnic tidbits, surrounded by some of the people who made London home for us during the years we lived here. We've been hanging out all day, talking, eating, and listening to the live classical music that drifts out from the summer stage beside the cafe. This has always been my favorite park in London. It's small but well-designed and has been a place where Bogart and I have spent many hours playing football, drinking coffee, suntanning, reading amongst the flowers, eating picnics and visiting with people. So it seemed like a great place to meet up. It fills my soul to see these people and will help to keep me whole for the year or more until I can see them again. The gig on Saturday went well, and it was especially cool to be playing with Bogart. We did not get to see everyone I would have liked to see, but we had a great time, and London will always have a place in my heart. On to the next place, in The Long Way Home. (laughs) ¶¶ 